Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. Hello, Darren Mitchell here, and welcome back to another episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. So great to have you on board, and uh, thanks for thanks for plugging into the podcast. I get a lot of feedback from people, whether it be via LinkedIn direct message or text message, or even just over the phone. It's uh, it's great that uh, this message is getting out. And hey, we're on a mission to help as many people as we possibly can to become exceptional in their leadership, particularly if you are in the sales realm, because there's not enough exceptional sales leaders out there on the planet, let alone in Australia. So we are on a mission. And uh, this year, I'm looking at helping at least 100 uh, sales leaders become exceptional in what they do, and that is help their team become sustainable, deliver those replicable results, and in the process, enable that sales leader to drive uh, more meaning, certainly get better sales results. And in the process, as a byproduct of all of those, uh, you'll still earn a lot more money, which uh, I know is not a lot of, it's not a motivator for a lot of people, but it is a byproduct of adding great value to uh, not only your sales team, but also to uh, your organizations that you deal with. So as a reminder, I normally do this towards the end of the podcast, but if you are committed right now to taking your sales leadership to that exceptional sales leader level, and you know there's another level to get to, and you are committed to constant and never-ending improvement, then let's let's work one-on-one. Love to help you do that, and I'd love to help you do that over the next 90 days or so. So go to mycalendarleadwithdarren.com, pick a time, let's have a conversation and get moving. It's been great. Brought on a number of new clients over the last couple of weeks and it has been awesome. Loving to uh, loving working with new people and loving to help uh, sales leaders become even better at what they do, which is uh, which is why I do what I do. And uh, so if that's one of if you're if you're one of those people and you're really curious about what it might look like or if you do know there's another level to get to, then hey, let's have a conversation, let's start working together. Because I guarantee, yes, there's an investment involved, but I guarantee you'll um, you'll reap the benefit and you'll look back and say that is probably one of the best investments I have ever made. So uh, with that, let's talk about today's episode topic, and it is it is this one: How many chances do you give other people? Now, this is that uh, <laughs> we talked last week about uh, exceptional standards and how exceptional sales leaders set exceptional standards for themselves, and this is around behaviors that they want to demonstrate expectations that they have for themselves, but also what sort of standard they set for their team and for others that deal with them as sales leaders. What are they prepared to tolerate? And what are they prepared to, I guess, stand firm on in terms of their standards? And this played out This played out a number of times. And it's there's a bit of a theme here. And it doesn't happen with everybody because I'd like to say that most people are fairly courteous. Uh, most people are quite receptive to uh, catching up or engaging in some form of conversation slash collaboration, but there is always a minority that for whatever reason thinks that it's okay to not turn up to things or to turn up late to things. So I want you to just think about as we go through this episode today, just think about what sort of standards are you setting for yourself, but also what sort of expectations are you setting and are you accepting uh, other people's behaviors as almost uh, acceptable? And and how many chances do you give people? Now, I want to share with you a couple of examples here and they're that one's really, really recent, and one's a little bit, uh, uh, a little bit more, I guess, in the background in in terms of time. But it just goes to show how we can potentially 
uh, let people get away with stuff and not necessarily stand firm on what we believe in and put some, not so much some some principles in place or some boundaries in place, but just how many chances do you give people? Now, I used to give people copious amounts of chances because I wanted to, uh, and I'll, hey, hand, on, hand up in the ear here, I used to be a people pleaser. I used to want to do the right thing and hopefully be liked by people and I didn't want to have conflict and I didn't want to you know, have difficult conversations with people. But unfortunately, through that attitude, sometimes what happened is other people had their own agenda and therefore... They, in retrospect, started to take advantage of the fact that I liked to be liked and I wanted to be pleasing others, and they basically ran their own race to the point where I'd I'd give some people a, I guess, a unlimited number of chances to do things or to respond to things, and that was just how I was how I was uh, brought up, and that's how I was led to behave in my early uh, sales leadership career, and it didn't serve me well because I realised that at some point we've got to put our foot down and be really clear on what we stand for, but also start thinking about, okay, what is a fair and reasonable amount of time for somebody to come back to you, whether it be you know re- responding to a text message, but what are the expectations that we set for other people in terms of uh, standards of excellence? And this always, always comes back to this, that we're always conditioning other people on how to deal with us. So if we don't know what we stand for, if we don't put some, some, some clear and uh, crystal, well, crystal clear guidelines in place for what we what we stand for and what our expectations are, then it's very difficult to actually communicate that to other people. And uh, unfortunately, people will have their own agendas, and therefore they'll go off and do their own thing, which sometimes we can be uh, we can be at the at the mercy of. Unfortunately, there's a couple of examples I want to share with you today, and just reflect on your own experience in terms of what examples do you have in your business, in your team, in your sphere of influence where. Sometimes people might be taking the P1SS. They're not necessarily uh, delivering according to the frameworks or the expectations that have been put on the table, or they may actually be making some promises or saying things and not necessarily delivering. And at that moment, what are we doing in response to that? How many chances are we giving people? Now, I'm all for flexibility, and I'm certainly all for, for giving people the benefit of the doubt because there has to be context in everything we do. But what it does do is it does start with us being really, really clear on what we stand for and making sure that that's crystal clear to us, crystal clear to our team, but also crystal clear to the people that we're dealing with so that if people choose to not respond to things or they choose to behave in a certain way that is against the standards or the expectations that we've set, that we've put on, put on, put on the table or communicated, then there will be a conversation and potentially there's also going to be consequences. And sometimes consequences are, you know what, we're not going to do business or we're not going to have this meeting or we're not going to proceed with a with an opportunity because you haven't kept up your end of the bargain. And so this is also about the balance of power. And when I talk about power, this is not about being powerful over people. It's actually knowing what our standards are and what our values are in terms of what we're prepared to accept. And this is one of the key reasons why it's so critical, certainly as sales leaders, to surround ourselves with great people who are on the same page as you, who are looking in the same direction and who do share the same values and the same same standards that you do so that it becomes a more consistent, more easier transition to excellence, right? And it's not always a challenge that sometimes you find dealing with dealing with people. So there's a couple of you. The first example is I, I was talking to an organization. I did some work a couple of years ago for an organization. I came in and spent four days with them 
running with their sales team and just helping them analyzing what they're doing and, and looking for opportunities to improve the way they were engaging with their customers and therefore drive up their sales results. So spent four fabulous days, awesome team. Anyway, there was a referral that came from this particular organization about two years ago and this person reached out and we, we got together and had a conversation. He said, I'm looking for some help in a very similar vein as to what you've helped this organization with. Can we get together and have a conversation? So me being me, absolutely. We got together, had a coffee, talked about what the challenge was, talked about how potentially some of the solutions that we could look at to put in place to solve the challenges that this particular individual was currently facing within his organization. And then, uh, hey, we put a plan together to potentially go and spend some time in that organization and help deliver the same kind of outcomes that I'd previously done uh, based on the organization that it referred me. Anyway, uh, what happened was uh, COVID hit. So everything shut down. And I sent a note to this particular individual, I think in September last year, just to touch base and say, hey, just wanting to, to see how things are going. Uh, if you're still interested or just if there's still a challenge around this, more than happy to have a conversation and progress where we left off. And he said, absolutely, love to do this, love to get the training. I'll just have some conversations with my internal leadership team and I'll come back to you and then we'll re-engage and work out the next steps. Anyway, that was September. I think in December, I sent a follow-up note to say, hey, just wanted to check in. I haven't heard back from you. All good, but let's let's get together. I'd love to know what your thinking is, etc., etc. Nothing. So I rang, I rang and left a message, I think, uh, two weeks ago. And I just thought, hey, I just touched base. We've, we've talked for a while. Um, just wanted to uh, have a conversation to see whether there's anything I can help you with. If you're still interested in driving some uh, improvements in your sales team, more than happy to have a conversation to see how I can help you. And again, crickets. Now, how many chances am I going to give this person? Well, I'm no more, giving no more chances, right? So the ball is now completely in their court, especially given that they were the ones that reached out to me in the first place to say, hey, Darren, We'd love to have a conversation with you to see how you can help our team because this is the problem we want to solve. Now, I've done that. I've, I've, I've kept my end of the bargain and yet for whatever reason, they are not keeping up their end of the bargain. So I'm not completely dismissing them, but I'm not reaching out to them anymore. I mean, I, I'm not going to be I'm not going to be considered one of those uh, salespeople that are always chasing leads and chasing opportunities, right? So they, they came to me. More than happy to have a conversation. We did have a conversation. I provided what the context was and how I can help them. They were happy with that. And for whatever reason, they've chose, chosen to go into radio silence. And that's okay, right? But I'm not going to be the one of these people to continue to chase them. And the message here is I see so many sales teams looking at a finite amount of potential prospects. And they continue to chase and chase and chase and chase and chase, right? And I'm saying, well, how many, how many chances are you going to give a person or an organization to work with you, right? Now, don't chase people until, and yes, I know all the statistics around sometimes people have to have an interaction with between 7 and 10, sometimes 11. And in fact, some of the research I've just recently read means that some sometimes people or organizations need to have a touch point of around 60 plus times before they are actually interested in doing any business with you. And that's fine. But don't keep chasing people when they're not responsive. Give them the opportunity to come back to you. And when they don't come back to you, say, hey, obviously there's nothing there. Maybe touch base with them in three months' time or in six months' time, but don't go chasing them. How many chances are you going to give people? And certainly in sales, there is so much opportunity in there out there and there's so many potential customers that you could be dealing with. Don't spend so much time chasing the one customer. So think about this. How many chances are you going to give people? Now, 
I now are thinking about maybe one or two chances because there's another example I want to share with you and somebody reached out to me on LinkedIn recently and they wanted to catch up. So cool, no worries, happy to catch up. There may have been some synergies there and this particular person is not in Australia so it was it was a great opportunity to potentially uh, expand the network but hey, there might have been some collaboration opportunities or there may have actually been an opportunity for, for me to work with them. Now they approached me, they connect with me and they were happy to catch up. Cool, so I sent them a calendar request. Let's catch up at this time, do it via Zoom, blah, blah. I'm ready to go on this particular time and uh, hey, no show. In fact, I sent a note through LinkedIn and the response that I got probably about an hour and a half later was, oh, sorry, my previous meeting was running over and uh, I couldn't get to the call. Hmm. Okay, so this person didn't have access to an email, didn't have access to LinkedIn and couldn't actually let me know that they were running behind schedule and couldn't give me a heads up, right? So the expectation there was, oh, I'll just reschedule. It's all good. Uh, let's just reschedule. So, okay, gave the person the benefit of the doubt. The doubt the benefit of the doubt, just put my teeth back in. And so we rescheduled, we rescheduled for earlier this week. And I sent a calendar note, I sent an email, I sent a text message, I sent a LinkedIn message. And the person came back and says, yep, all good, ready to go, locked in, it's in my calendar, ready to go. Anyway, about 20 minutes before we're about to catch up on Monday, I get this message to say, oh, really sorry, I've got something else on, can we reschedule? I'm thinking, okay, um, why? Anyway, uh, anyway, it was just excuse after excuse after excuse. So I went back to them and I, and I hey, sometimes I just do this. I say, um, more than happy to catch up. Totally understand that things come up. If you don't see any value in catching up, then all good. Just let me know, right? And crickets, again, crickets. But what I've learned is sometimes people have their own agendas. And if we as sales leaders actually bend to other people's agendas, then we sometimes can find ourselves going, around and around and around in circles. So this person, I've now left it. If they wanna catch up with me, then they're gonna to have to actually give me some significantly tangible value as to why I should catch up with them because what it now starts to portray is, if I started working with this person, potentially what I'm starting to see in this interaction for the last two occasions is maybe a pattern of behavior that may be playing out in their business, in their life right now, that may actually equate to being not a great person to work with. And so here's the message for today, guys. As a sales leader, and particularly as a leader when you're influencing people and having to bring people together, first of all, make sure you're really, really clear on who you surround yourself with. Making sure you're surrounding yourself with great people of people of excellence. The other thing to start thinking about is how many chances are you gonna give people in terms of the expectations you set and the delivery against those expectations. And I don't care who the person is. I've had situations where I've actually locked doors in meeting rooms where senior leaders are coming in to give a, a, an update to the team and in fact, they couldn't get in. Why? Because they were late, right? They didn't adhere to the standards. Now, sometimes that's a career limiting move, but how many chances to give people, right? Don't just think that they can run their life and their business to their own agenda and not give you the courtesy of letting you know up front that they're gonna be late or they couldn't make the meeting or whatever. How many chances are you gonna give people? So that's the key message for today. Just reflect on what you're doing right now. Think about all the people you've been having conversations with, you've been liaising with, you've been running meetings with, you're doing, doing work with. And just think about how many of those are reliable, how many of those potentially share the same expectations and the same standards that you've put in place, but also start thinking about have you actually articulated what those standards are and what those expectations are, and are you allowing these people to behave in a way that is not consistent with those standards? So how many chances are you actually giving people? Now, sometimes you might say, well, I've got to give these people chances because I report to them. And yeah, that, I get all that. 
but it doesn't necessarily stop you from having a conversation and explaining what the expectation is in terms of things like coming to meetings or not coming to meetings and therefore letting me know. Just don't not turn up. Just don't turn up late and expect everything to be okay because it's not okay. So think about how many chances are you going to give. So as a reminder, if you can do me two huge favors. Favor number one, if you can please press subscribe on the platform that you're listening to this podcast on, that will enable me to let you know when new episodes are up and ready to be listened to and digested. And favor number two, of course, uh, especially if you're on the Apple platform, if you can you know, do me a massive favor and rate the show. If it's five stars, awesome. If it's one star, well, maybe not so awesome, but it's still awesome that you rate the show because this is not for everybody and I get that. But what it does do is for other people who are looking to plug into a, a podcast, particularly around sales and sales leadership, it makes it a lot easier for them to find it when when the, all the Apple algorithms work and all the podcast algorithms work. When there's some more ratings, it's a lot easier to uh, to come up on the search function. So if you can do that, that'll be greatly appreciated. So with that said, look forward to talking to you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. Have a phenomenal finish to the day, and I look forward to talking to you again tomorrow. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.